Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back or welcome to Just Chatting. I am your podcaster extraordinaire, Ameza. And Just Chatting is a platform where I just rant about whatever is on my mind at the moment. And y'all, today's wellness check is needed because with all the things that are going outside going on outside with 2020 just being in absolute shambles it is time to check in with us like for real we need to check in with us like a lot of things are happening like black women are dying trans people are dying black people are dying for nothing and It is just the most disappointing thing to know that my skin color is a death sentence. It don't matter what my degrees say. It don't matter what my family says about me. It doesn't matter if I've been doing community service since I was seven or anything like that. I can walk outside and not come back in. And that's a problem. So I'm going to say it first and foremost, defund the police, put that money into these schools and just get rid of the whole institution, period. Because if we had more than enough social workers to work on the streets as we needed, this shit would not be happening, period. And that is my mental health check because there's a lot of things that are happening right now that just make me so upset. So upset. Like, I can't be on social media because every single day is another person hanging from a tree. Literally, in 2020, there are still people hanging from trees, people getting lynched. Like, are we serious? The KKK is up in arms doing all this random bullshit, and people are like, oh, they're just having ideologically. And I'm just like, please, please. The Black Panther Party started out as a group to help the community. They handed out more lunches. More lunches than New York City schools hand out to our kids. If you've been in a New York City school, as a few people know, I am an educator in New York City. I teach seventh grade science, right? You know, black science educators matter. And in my school, we got, um, I work at a charter school. And we're part of a New York City school. We share the building with them. So we have the New York City lunch. Every day, you got to swipe to make sure that the lunch is accounted for. Because, you know, we have to account for lunches that are supposedly free, right? And then at the end of the day, every lunch that is not accounted for, every lunch that was just sitting on the tray... At the end of the day, it gets thrown out. It does not get donated. It does not be. It is not even given to the kids that need more. There are kids that need to come to school every day to get their just to get two square meals, breakfast and lunch, not knowing if they're gonna eat anything until the following day. And God forbid we even talk about the weekend. Like one thing that this whole situation with COVID has unleashed and shown to the world is that. We really ain't shit. Like, let's really talk about it because Americans like to be like, oh, you know, 
America the beautiful, America the brave, we're the home of the free. Who's free? No, tell me, who's free? I ain't seen a free person yet. The only person that's free is maybe the rich white man that has millions and billions of dollars that he doesn't need to be able to live a good life for himself. And I can't even say rich white women because, you know, a lot of them are stuck in relationships that they couldn't even be in in any other space that wouldn't want to be in in any other space. So I'm just like, yo, like, what's really good? What's really good? Like, the anarchist in me has been boiling. Like, a lot of times I just have to, like, really just sit back and be like, yo, I'm about to black. Like, I'm a, I'm about to hit something. I'm about to, like, just do whatever. And it's just going to be crazy. And it was funny because, like, this all came to, like, a head to a boiling point with a conversation I had with my mother recently. And I had been posting information on all my social media platforms. Um, been calling out the white people in my life, especially if I think of you as a brother or a citizen, I'm going to call you out on your bullshit. Um, I don't mind being the educator. I signed up for this job. I will educate you, but Google is also free. So my mom was talking about the things that I was posting and she was like, yeah, you don't want to post that. And I was like, why not? And she was like, oh, you know, you don't know who is looking at the information. You don't know like what they're going to do with that information. Like they could use that to blackmail you. And I was like, blackmail me for what? Like, really? Like, they're going to blackmail me about the fact that my life matters and be like, oh, because you wrote something about Black Lives Matter in 2020, um, we are just not comfortable having you here. Well, I'm glad because I'm not comfortable being with you. Because if that makes you uncomfortable, then... <laughs> we're just not going to work. It's not going to work out. Like, I plan on going back to school. And by the grace of God, like, I'll be a medical doctor as well. And, you know, one of those things that a lot of people are really now coming out with is that these educational spaces are not holding space for their black students. They're not holding space for their people of color students. And this really came up for me where a lot of people in my high school actually started talking about all the shit that they've gone through in high school. And it was funny because like one of the things that I've never really spoken about with anyone was the nonsense situation that my high school had put me in. So with complete transparency, here's the story. So I was a senior in high school. Went to a all-girls private Catholic school. You could do with that information what you will. And I was, I was gung-ho. I was like, oh, I'm about to get into the best school. It's about to be lit. College is about to be OD. I cannot wait. I applied to 13 schools. And of those 13 schools, five of them were Ivy Leagues. And all of them were looking at me for different programs. Because I was like, yo, I really was on my shit. My grades is lit. My SAT is lit. But I ain't got no money, though. So what you trying to do? And a lot of these schools will come out here and be like, here, take this money. We want you here. So I was like, all right, cool. So 
I apply before Thanksgiving of my senior year. And then I come back before um, Christmas and was talking to my guidance counselor. Now, my guidance counselor was definitely a racist because she often referred to me as one of the good ones. But, you know, when you're trying to get what you need, you attract more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. So I had to play the game the way the game was played. So we were in the office, and then that's when she decides that this was the time to tell me instead of calling my parents because, you know, I'm a minor. I was 16, about to be 17 when we had this conversation. And she was like, oh, your family owes money, so we're not sending your transcripts out to schools. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I put, I did not eat lunch because we had to pay for lunch at my school. I did not eat lunch for weeks to be able to get enough money to save it up to put it toward paying for my transcripts to be sent to these schools. And she's like, yeah, we're not sending your transcripts out, so you need to find something else to do. And I'm like, what do you mean find something else to do? Now, this is me. I am National Honor Society. Grades on point, PSAT awards, high SAT score, interviews coming in left and right, scholarships like, oh, when you get into our school, it's going to be lit. And I'm like, what do you mean that you're not going to send my transcripts out? I have 13 schools that are waiting on this. What do you mean? So I leave her office very dejected. I go home and I tell my parents and they were like, yo, what the fuck? Like, why are they even talking to you about it? Why did they not call us? Like, yeah, understandable. Like, my dad was a realtor during the amazing house market crash of 2008 when I started that school. And obviously, it's not like we were well off, but we tried our best and I thank my parents every day. So I was just like, okay, so what's this going to mean for me? Like, am I not going to go to college? Like, what the fuck? So fast forward to April. April. And in between all of this hoopla, between December and April, my mom had been kicked out of the main office, had been degraded. My father kicked out of the office and degraded Phone numbers blocked, right? Seven schools rescinded my application to their institutions. April. April of my senior year. I still did not have a school to go to because they did not send my transcripts. So we finally get to the point like, okay, we've paid off all the money. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for specifically to cause this much pain and anguish to someone who aspires to a certain level of learning, right? Because college is not for everyone. And they were just like, you know, it is what it is. Like, we'll send it when we'll send it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I guess, like, this just wasn't in the books for me. And I was just, like, at a point where, like, my anxiety and my depression was just, like, at its highest level because I was like, so what did I do all of this schooling for if you're going to stop me from getting to where I need to be? But when it comes time for all of these little events, you want to put the diversity out there. I'm the first person you call. I'm the first person you put in front. I'm the first person you call to sing at all your fucking liturgies and shit. I don't give a shit anymore because you're trying to ruin my life. So 
in this time, I had an interview for Yale, and it went well. All I needed was my transcripts to be able to get into the program to go to the Ivy League school out of all the Ivy League schools that I aspired to the most. And they didn't get my transcripts until a week before decision. So, like, let's say the decision was April 15th. They got it April 7th. So, I was like, well, you know, emailing back and forth because, you know, as a typical 17, 16, 17-year-old 17 emailing admissions reps and stuff like that to make sure that they actually accept you is, you know, the norm, of course. So, I've been emailing back and forth, really just asking for patience, really just asking for patience. And, of course, you know, I was being advised, don't tell them this situation, though, in hindsight, I would have told them every single detail of what was happening if I really wanted to be in that institution. But, you know, I was in a mental state that wouldn't have allowed me to do that. So they all the Ivies, they like to do a tradition where they send out their decisions on the same day. I'm sitting at my computer knowing damn well I'm not going to get into any of these schools because of the lateness of my transcripts. And sure enough, I didn't get into any of these schools. So at this point, I've had seven applications rescinded, right? Five denials because of lateness of app of the completion of my application. And then after that, I had another school send me a letter of rescission. And then it was just down to two. I had Binghamton University and Adelphi University. Both of which were on the rolling basis, I believe. So, at first, my guidance counselor was like, oh, you know, it is what it is. You might just have to wait until next year. You might not get into Binghamton or Adelphi, you know. But, you know, make sure you fill out the slip to donate to your school. And I'm like, fuck you. Honestly, fuck you. You're going to tell me to donate to a school that potentially ruin my life are you dumb so by the grace of god because i don't only curse like a sailor i also give praises to the most high i got accepted to both adelphi and binghamton university with enough financial aid to cover me my whole four years without having an obscene amount of loans by the by the grace of god honestly everything was covered like, even Adelphi gave me more money, more than enough money to be able to go to their institution. But because I was, like, 20 minutes away from Adelphi and I wanted the full college experience, I decided to go to Binghamton University. And I loved it. And I loved it. And if anything, like, 2020 has taught me is that being grateful is the best policy because... Going to Binghamton University, I have met people that have inspired me more than I think I would have ever met at Yale. Like, of course, I've, I I want to get an Ivy League education. Of course. It's all in the name. But I would never regret going to Binghamton University ever in my life. Ever. So... I say my story to say that racism is a disease. It is. 
it is a mental illness. I'm jacking it because for a lot of people to look me in my face and say that I am worthless because of the color of my skin is a mental illness. It is. Like, even if we look at the church, there are a lot of church leaders that are mysteriously quiet. You know, I sip my tea on that. That are mysteriously quiet that, you know, when their par- their parishioners and their churchgoers were up in arms about 45 getting elected, they were like, oh, by the grace of God, we need to pray for our leaders. And, you know, I voted for Trump because he stands for Christian principles for a man that is barely Christian. Like, <laughs> like it was just on some, like, weird shit. Now we're on our shit with Black Lives Matter. Defund the police. Speak out against racism. Call out your racist family. Call out your racist friends. And you want to be quiet? When the God that we serve was so radical that the fact that he even spoke to a Sumerian woman was a... Was a <laughs> that was like the height of height. Of, like, really not giving a fuck what other people say, to be honest. You want to be quiet? You want to be silent? Fuck you. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice to be silent. You don't. You don't. Because if you're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ... If you're preaching his story and his testimony and the fact that he still lives and fights for us, the most radical person in history, and you're trying to use him to calm me down, fuck you. Fuck you. Honest. Like, I'm one of those people, like, I try to stay calm. Like, trust me. Like, this is probably the most I will ever curse on this podcast, period. But, like... It really comes down to a point where I'm just like, you have to be kidding me. Like, these things seem so common sense. But then again, common sense is not common. And with that being said, the fact that you as a leader, you who want to cater to the world, because if you're being called into ministry, you're being called into service. You want to cater to the world. It's not just, oh, I'm just going to say that it's a white blessing for my church folks that know what I'm referring to. And for my non-church folks, there was a pastor who had a conversation with the gospel rapper Lecrae and referred to the burden of slavery on white folks as almost a white blessing in that time period. Do with that information what you will. Um, (laughs) But with all of this stuff, like, all of the skeletons are coming out. All of them. All of the skeletons are coming out. The fact that you went into ministry for profit is coming out. Like, the fact that you went into ministry for clout is coming out. And God is not going to deal kindly with you. And that's just what it is. It's in the word. God's not going to deal kindly with you at all because you are misleading the people to think that shit like racism is okay. More okay 
than being a gay person in our society, more okay than being a trans person in society, more okay than being a black person in society, that you can be racist and still live your life to the fullest and enjoy the fruits of God's labor in your life because that's how this shit was built and that's not true. It's not true. So if you feel some type of way, feel it. Be uncomfortable. This is your time to be uncomfortable. Be so uncomfortable that you have to reach out and ask for help. Be so uncomfortable that you have to get up and pick up a book to find out what you can do to actually do something. Be so uncomfortable that you have to figure out how you're going to talk to your kids about it. Be so uncomfortable that you have to figure out how you're going to talk to your boss about it. Be so uncomfortable that you realize that black and brown bodies are not yours to play around with. It's not. And it will never be. So if you want to be on the right side of history, I suggest you pick up a book. I suggest you not watch The Help on Netflix because The Help is not the movie you would want to watch. I would suggest that you not quote my, um, not quote <coughs> Martin Luther King if you're not really about that action because at the end of the day, he was about that action. He may have been nonviolent, but best believe at the end of the day, he knew that there would be blood on the streets in order for shit to actually happen. And then they killed him. And by they, I mean the U.S. government because they lost the lawsuit. It is on the books. Let's talk about it. But that was my rant for today. You know, I'm black 24-7-365.25. Every year, every day, I will always be black. I will always love being black because I understand that my blackness is power. I understand that my blackness is beautiful. I understand that my blackness is what makes me unique. My blackness keeps me closer to God and my blackness is everything in the bag of chips. But with that being said, family, until next time. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this last episode of Just Chatting. I hope you enjoyed it. So I'm back again with my mini segment, Music with the Meza, where I tell you all the music that I'm getting into, both my faves that we love to hear, as well as up-and-comers that you need to be put on. So right now, I just need some good vibes because... With everything that's going on outside, music seems to be the best medicine I could ask for when it comes to decompressing from the mess. And the group that has been on it, like truly on it, has been Third Story. And I've been on them for a while, but the song that really put them on my radar was the cover of Taylor Swift's song, Style. And bruh, when I tell you, the harmonies are so tight you you just can't help but sing along so give it a listen midnight 
should just tell you to leave Cause I know exactly where it leads But I watch it go round and round each time I got that long-haired, sleek-back, white t-shirt You got that good, good girl faith and tight little skirt And when we go crashing down, we come back every time We'll never go out of style, we'll never go out of style So it goes I can't keep my wild eyes on the road, no Got to take my oh, lights are off and taking all my coat And you said you find not more that I've been out and about with some other girls Some other girls some other girls Said that what you heard is true but I can't stop thinking about you and I Said you've been there two of you times I got that jeansy daisy Look in my eye You got that red lip classic Thing that I like And when we go crashing down We come back every time We'll never go out of style We'll never go out of style I got that long hair sleek back white teeth you got that good, good girl, girl faith and tight little skirt And when we go crashing down, we come back every time We'll never go out of 